0: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez, hosting the show today from San Francisco. A little later, what a game last night between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. But first, the FBI has joined the criminal investigation into the oil spill off the coast of Orange County. An FBI spokesperson tells the Los Angeles Times they haven't served any search warrants yet in connection with the investigation. Meanwhile, the Coast Guard's criminal investigative unit, the state attorney general's office, and the Orange County District Attorney's Office, have already launched their own inquiries. This comes as Coast Guard officials say they believe the total amount of crude oil that spilled off the coast of Huntington Beach was much lower than originally estimated. The agency says it's confident the number of gallons leaked is around 25,000, far less than the original estimate of 144,000 gallons. Meanwhile, the Orange County oil spill was one of the main topics of a congressional hearing yesterday. Witnesses testified before the House Natural Resources Subcommittee on Energy and Mineral Resources on the negative impacts of abandoned and aging offshore fossil fuel infrastructure. Southern California Congressman Alan Lowenthal, who chairs the subcommittee, says the spill highlights the need for immediate federal action. It's
3: critical that we don't simply move on and wait for the next accident to occur.
0: Offshore oil and gas infrastructure, both in the Gulf and in the Pacific, is a ticking time bomb, and the California spill is part of a much larger disaster in the making. Another congressional hearing will be held next Monday in Irvine, specifically looking at the oil spill. California hit a grim milestone this week. The latest numbers from Johns Hopkins University show that COVID-19 has claimed the lives of 70,000 Californians, a number larger than the population of Palo Alto. But more recent trends in the state are very positive, with infections, hospitalizations, and deaths all down because of vaccinations and mask use. And as KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, in Los Angeles, the number of new infections among school children is also subsiding.
3: Last week, 591 students and 88 school staff members in L.A. County tested positive, a 45 percent drop from the week before. County Health Director Barbara Ferrer credits community and staff vaccinations and routine testing and mask wearing in many districts, including L.A. Unified.
2: Given that we have more than 1.7 million children and staff attending or working at over 3,000 schools countywide, These are strikingly low numbers. While cases among
3: students are down, outbreaks of three or more cases related to schools have gone up. Most of them were in elementary schools where children are too young to be vaccinated and will have to wait until at least November. That's when a CDC group meets to review the data on shots for 5 to 11-year-olds. Ferrer estimated that's about 900,000 children in L.A. County alone. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles.
0: In related news, thousands of employees with the Los Angeles Unified School District face a vaccination deadline today. Teachers and staff are required to get at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, or they won't be able to return to their campus. Here's LA Unified Deputy Superintendent Pedro Salcido speaking at this week's Board of Education meeting we know that as we head into next week we will have individuals who have not been vaccinated those employees that are not vaccinated we're going to ask not to report to their sites because they have not met their baseline verification for for the district this will have potential impacts at our schools and we are preparing for that and building in contingency plans The district has extended the deadline for full vaccination for those getting the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine until November 15th. San Francisco and Marin counties are loosening some COVID-19 mask rules starting today. That as transmission and hospitalization rates continue to drop. The changes affect offices, gyms, religious gatherings, and indoor college classes with 100 or fewer people. That's if the people running those spaces want to loosen the rules and can verify that everyone there is vaccinated who's eligible to be vaccinated, and if there's proper ventilation and no recent COVID outbreaks. Indoor masking rules remain in effect for places used by the wider public, like retail stores, elevators, lobbies, and restrooms. In Fresno County, social workers are criticizing the treatment of children in facilities operated by the county's Department of Social Services. Staff say children who've been removed from their families because of abuse or neglect are living in inhumane conditions while they're waiting to be placed in foster care. Images released by the social service workers show the children sleeping on yoga mats placed on top of desks or on the ground. Staff also complain that the children don't have access to enough showering facilities and nutritious food. Fresno County's administrative officer, John Rousseau, has personally apologized for conditions and says he's issued an emergency order to buy cots, mattresses, and hygiene kits for children in the county's care. The county is also converting an old office building into a temporary care center for children.
3: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book,
0: All right, a big change of topic here. Turning now to baseball, as the eyes of much of the sports world were on San Francisco last night, as the final game of the Giants and Dodgers' memorable league championship series ended in controversy. The low-scoring affair was tied heading into the ninth inning when Dodgers outfielder Cody Bellinger stepped to the plate. Here's the call on TBS.
1: Crawford closest to the bag. Here's a one-two and a shot into right center. A base hit for Bellinger. Justin. Turner will score! Lux to third! Cody Bellinger delivers in the clutch! An RBI single! And the Dodgers have a 2-1 lead in the ninth inning!
0: In the bottom of the ninth, Dodgers starter Max Scherzer was called on to get the final three outs. Wilmer Flores was down to his final strike. Here again is the call on TBS.
1: Wilmer Flores, no balls, two strikes. And Flores, did he go? He oh. did! And the game ends! Oh. A swinging strike three! Oh. No.
0: Replay showed that Flores clearly did not swing at that final pitch. Giant manager Gabe Kapler after the game. Super tough. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want a game to end that way. I know these guys work really hard to, to make the right call, so it's super challenging um, on our end. Obviously, it's going to be frustrating to have a a game in like that. But the Dodgers are now moving on to the National League Championship Series to take on the Atlanta Braves. A couple of hours before the game started, I walked over to the front gates of Oracle Park to meet fans and to talk about the importance of the game and, more widely, this storied rivalry between the Dodgers and Giants. It wasn't hard to get people to start talking. Here are brothers Michael and Steve Barnes, who were cheering for L.A. Proud L.A. Dodgers fan. Since a child. Since a child. How do you feel wearing the colors today, in particular, in San Francisco? Fantastic. Fantastic. Tell me about, I mean, obviously it's a very important game, it's stupid to even ask you about how important it is, but what do you think of this rivalry right now between these two
1: teams? Um, I think it's pretty good, it's not like it was back in the day where they really, really hated each other, because players now seem to be more friendly Mm. with each other, even on different
0: teams, but I... You want to go back to the days of just raw antagonism? Yes,
1: yes, yes. Okay. Yes, I don't want to get beat up, but Yes.
0: Well, I mean, we grew up diehard Dodger fans bleeding Dodger blue, so, I mean, we we do hate the Giants. And the fact that in a season where the Dodgers won, you know, as many games as they've ever won in franchise history, 106, and to come in second place to our, you know, lifelong rivals, and now we're at game five of the NLDS, it's an amazing game. If you were in a game five like this against any other team, would it feel the same way? I mean, it'd still be exciting, but it's, it wouldn't be the same. I mean, this, this is this, this is special. This adds to it. Yeah, I mean, we flew special. out here for it, so. A few steps away from the Barnes brothers, I met lifelong Giants fan Roy Nikolai. Roy, how are you feeling right now? I'm excited, excited, right? Long, lifelong Giants fan. The rivalry is exciting. This game means something. 109 wins, wow, right? Pumped up, it's electric. Now, is your mind and heart and soul tied up as much in the paci- in this specific game, which is important, or just the rivalry that it's against the Dodgers that you really want this team to be, be beaten in particular?
2: I would say foremost, the Giants winning, going to the World Series. Whoever they beat, fantastic. The fact that the Dodgers
0: are their opponent, just a little cherry on top. That was Giants fan Roy Nikolai outside of Oracle Park yesterday. The Dodgers fans I met are on cloud nine this morning. Giants fans feel the ache of disappointment. But both teams have so much to be proud of. And as always in baseball, there's always next year. And now to a preview of our sister show, the California Report's weekly magazine. This week, Hector Arzate tells us about an effort to tell the forgotten history of Chinese immigrants in Humboldt County, immigrants who were expelled.
3: There used to be Chinatown here. Not only a Chinatown, but a thriving, vibrant Chinatown. And it's no longer here. And we don't even talk about it.
1: That's Brienne Merja-D'Souza. She's the coordinator for the Eureka Chinatown project. And for the past year, she's been fighting to memorialize the city's historic Chinatown. Katie Bush, who's the executive director of the local museum, has been facilitating educational tours here. She says in 1885, nearly all Chinese residents were expelled from Eureka. There was a precedent around the West to do things like burned down Chinatowns with the residents inside. Chinese immigrants helped shape California as we know it today. But after a white city councilman was shot and killed, locals blamed the Chinese residents. And it wasn't long before a mob formed. Eureka went a different route, and they told all the Chinese residents that within 48 hours, all the residents had to be out of Chinatown going to San Francisco. Katie says it became known as the Eureka Plan, and it was touted as very successful in its time this non-violent way of removing people from places where they've lived for decades or you know many years in some cases but how can it be nonviolent if you're forcibly removing people a man named charlie moon is thought to be one of the only chinese immigrants who never left humboldt county in 1885. his great 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 granddaughter yolanda latham says the recognition is long overdue
3: when you look around humboldt county or any county in california You have to ask yourself, how did they get that? How did that road get there? Who did that? I think we need to be honest about the history.
0: That's the California Report magazine's Hector Arzate. To hear more about Eureka's Chinatown, you can tune into the show on this station or download the podcast. And that's this edition of the California Report for Friday, October 15th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez today in San Francisco. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day and weekend.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California. Rebuilding the future of healthcare with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement.
2: I am Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse golden state, because what happens in California
1: changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California.